Dawson. It is 8.04 a.m. It is time for our next quiz question. We've got some nice short ones. Oh, the last one's going to be a long one today, but we've got another short one, this time with multiple choice. Yeah, here we go. Just simply this. Which of these things did the psalmist compare God to? Mm. 0491 is the number to text, and here are your options. Here we go. A, a candlestick. B, a goat. C, a cloak or D, a shield. Which of these things did the psalmist compare God to? A, a candlestick. B, a goat. C, a cloak or D, a shield. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491 is the number to text. And if you text in with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win the Bible quiz book as well as the Bible challenges card game. We want to give these two things to you absolutely for free. All you have to do to get them is win them in our draw. And to get in our draw, you just have to answer questions correctly. If you answer one question correctly, that's one entry. If you answer multiple questions correctly, that's multiple entries. So you want to be playing throughout the week. Last week, Liz won and it was truly a case of just stacking the deck. She was just like, she, she answered at least, I believe, three to four of our quiz questions a day and then ended up winning as a result. So it was just like her name was just there all the way through. So guys, you've got to be in it to win it. Guys, play 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, which of these things did the psalmist compare God to? A, a candlestick. B, a goat. C, a cloak. Or D, a shield. And hey, we want to give a shout out this morning to Old Bar, New South Wales, a place just above Taree there that I've been to and hung out before. They're listening on 88.0 FM. So yeah, if you're in Old Bar this morning, if you're out there living your best life, you know, let us know how you're doing. 0491-064-669. Absolutely. And yeah, just Faith FM. Keep on listening to that in every way. I was just sharing with Lawson and Shell earlier this morning before we went on air how I actually FaceTimed my girlfriend in the UK yesterday and her seven-year-old nephew was on going like... Arnie Nooch. So, of course, Nooch is my nickname. Arnie Nooch, like you're on radio. And so I just gave him that first snippet, our, our welcome. And you should have seen his face hey, yeah. light up. So um, they're going to see if they can somehow get it in the UK and just listen to us. I don't know if they can. But anyway, they're going to try and look, try <laughs> well, and look it up because they're because really we're on, keen. We're on, we're on the app as well. So I on our website, know all of those so, things. So, so they can, you can get Faith FM wherever you are in the world. I have some friends who listen over in America. Oh, like, true. There you go. It's really really fantastic so hey wherever you are mate faith fm you can you can jump on the app but then of course in australia radio frequencies 87.6 87.8 88 that kind of thing absolutely absolutely hey how good was the hour in like just like mind-boggling the interview we had with justin as good well about, and shocking i know <laughs> just, i'm just going like he's just so much to get the head around there but the usa fiscal cliff of course the fact that you know the usa has now is now two trillion dollars in debt and well, in the no, last no, no, 90 no 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 they're 33 sorry sorry 33 sorry 33 absolutely sorry with that but in the last month they've actually spent one trillion sorry in the last 90 days <laughs> they've spent one trillion dollars like how would you be with that like yeah just the downstream economy that's actually happening in that space like and and how important it is for us to have our debts paid off because of course whatever happens in the u.s is is going to be impacting in Australia. yeah well i think the reality of the situation is 
again, what we saw with the global financial crisis is when America collapses, how much of the Western world is negatively affected by that. Yes. And, and for us here in Australia, again, if, if that is, if that collapses on the horizon because of the continued borrowing of the United States, of which they will get to a point in which they cannot borrow any more currency, there, yeah, we, we see that looming. And so there's definitely a need to not be in debt. There's a need to make the good news. And I think I loved, uh, what, what, uh, Justin said there is that the good news is that, you know, Jesus is coming back soon. Absolutely. He pays all the debts, not financially, but, uh, for our soul. And it's something that, hey, you know, we, we might have very dire economic situations mm. before us. Um, uh, but God is good. Like he can, he can work those things out. Like there's, there's, not only is God good, I think there is a resilience that we can hold to, you know, to be able to, to get through. I, I'm not trying to be like facetious, but I have a little bit of an example of that in my life right now that I'm currently living. Uh, and as I mentioned on the show earlier in, in our intro, I, uh, I rode here this morning on a bicycle mm. and, uh, and I'm, I'm currently bound to riding a bicycle into Faith FM every morning. It's, it's, it's a bit of a situation for me, which is, which is fine. And at first I was, it's, it's a, it's a 35 kilometer trek. And at first I was like, just totally bombs like i was really like struggling with it i was like oh man this is gonna be such a big deal but yeah this is my first day of doing it today and and over the weekend you know just doing some research and just looking at okay what do i need to do uh you know and uh the reality is is hey it's 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 a lot more manageable than i thought and you know i'll be able to just to smash it out every day and get fit and get healthy and i feel like those uh those situations that we face that may seem as though it's like, oh, man, how are we going to get through this? I, I think there is a resilience that we have, but I think there's also, yeah, God God has the ability to work through those situations. And, and yeah, we look at the downfall of an economy, but furthermore, we look at Jesus's soon return. So mm. I think we're fine. I think we're okay. I, like, I think that a lot of potentially bad, awful things will happen, but it's, hey, standing with Christ is, is the thing that we need to do. Standing with Christ is the absolute key that will get us through everything. Absolutely. Hey, let's go into the book of Ephesians because Mm -hmm. we are going like, so we've actually done each chapter and unpacked in sections over the last 13 weeks or so. And this week we're just doing a bird's eye view over each chapter now. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and so let's just unpack again or just go back over the story of Paul. Of course, his first visit to Ephesus. Ephesus was a first century and first century idea we had a population of about 250,000 the mm. capital was the province it was the capital of the province of Asia and it was the center of the Diana or Artemis worship so there was mm. a lot of pagan worship but yeah the the um the god of um Diana was the biggest uh worship there and of course when Paul arrived there in Ephesus um let's have a look actually had his response in um and let's go into the book of Acts because that gives us some of yeah. that background, which is really important. We'll unpack some of that and keep on unpacking chapter one of, as an overview. Let's go to verses. Let me just see. Let's go to verse um, Acts 18 and verse 19 and 20. Let's go to there. Uh, Acts up to 21, sorry. 18, 19, and 20. I'm just, just pulling yeah. it up now. The book of Acts and chapter 18, the Bible says here, and he came to Ephesus. 
And he left from there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return to you, uh, uh, return again to you, God willing, and he sailed from Ephesus. So what kind of promise did he make? He made there the promise that he would actually return, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, he's like, you know, I'll come back. Yeah. Uh, I'll come back. Of course, he's ultimately trekking a, a route back to Jerusalem yes. to, to minister there. And that's where he would be arrested and begin his journey to Rome, uh, yeah. which is, which is so, okay. So this is a very interesting situation for Paul. What, what, what will unfold for him is that he will trek back to Rome. It like, he's like, okay, the most effective way for me to get back to Rome is to get arrested in Jerusalem and <laughs> in chains, you know, and on the dime of, the Roman Empire, yes, um, be transported from Jerusalem and then to you know Caesarea, and then from Caesarea, like he eventually ends up in Rome. He's like, yeah, this is this is the most effective way for me to end up before end up Caesar, be- <laughs> yeah. to to be able to preach and minister. But it, he those intentions start here as he comes to Ephesus and he says, hey, yeah, like I this is this is I I know that I have some ministry to do here, but I've just got a, a roundabout way to go, and he promises that he will get back there. Absolutely. Absolutely, and what's really fascinating too is I love in this bit that that the Ephesians actually did want him to stay on, didn't mm. they? So the impact that he already had in that first visit was actually really huge in everyone. And we know that that Paul was a massive church planter, and of course this is mm. the first part of that start of the church plant in Ephesus, and became a really important church. And of course, then when he writes to the Ephesians, it's about ten years later after after that period of time. But, um, but uh, yeah, just, just a really interesting journey there that Paul actually has in every way. And, of course, he does return a second and a third time. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So then we also look at his reception and his second visit. So let's actually go into verses 24 to 28. Mm. Um, of the same chapter as we as we read that, please. Yeah, so Acts chapter, we're in 19? 18. Sorry. 18, uh, 24 to 28, the Bible says, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and a mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew all only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Archaea, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. And he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah, so we see here that Aquila and Priscilla had a big part to play, didn't they, really? Yeah, the conversion of Apollos. Helped, yeah, and actually and helping to pave the way in so many ways. And, of course, you know, there's the verse that, that Paul writes, um, you know, that, that um, you know, he sowed the seed, Apollos watered it, and God made it grow. And so the conversion of Apollos is really significant there. Hey, and then it continues on into into chapter 19, where it actually covers there uh, talking about that, and it happened in 
in, in, in chapter 19, verse 1, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether this is the, there is this Holy Spirit, but into what then were you baptized? And he said, Into John's baptism. And, of course, then he unpacks that then, doesn't he, for them mm. in verse 4. Do you want to read that from verse 4 to verse 9 for us? Please? Yeah, in oh, actually, verse, Acts 19. Acts 19 verse 4 to 10. Yeah, the Bible says, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Mm. What do you think of that? Because it's really interesting how he says there, hey, to them, which which baptism did you have then? Yeah. And it was like John's baptism, but he's saying, actually, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit mm. and to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is really crucial, isn't it, when you um, when you look at that? So, I mean, so, so here... You know, I mean, you've been baptized. Yes. I've been baptized. Amen. Hey, mm-hmm. and and I've met people. And, and and my journey was that yeah, I really wanted to be baptized, and I and in the sense that I really felt I gave my heart to Jesus. Um, that I wanted to respond by saying yes, you know, publicly. That's a, a, I mean, baptism. Baptism is a public display of what's already happened in the heart, mm. isn't it? It's really important to to recognize that. But here's the thing. For me, I'll be honest, that for me, probably that more stronger spiritual journey, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened for me to a degree later. So there Mm. was some of that, but it was the fact when I actually recognized that, hey, I needed to have that deeper relationship with Jesus and have that walk daily with him and keep on opening the Bible and keep on praying that, that there was a further conversion. Yeah, that's There's right. There's a further conversion yeah. that then people have said, you know, can, they can see the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through my life. And that's really yeah. crucial, isn't it? Yeah, this baptism for these guys, they receiving the baptism of John, you know, receiving baptism is ultimately, it's it's an indicator of a number of things, what's happening in the heart. But it's also, it's also a commitment. Yes. It's a commitment to a new life with God. Yeah. And that was it's the saying, same with... It's saying, let the past go. That's right. It's the same with John's baptism, and it's the same with Jesus' baptism. Both yeah. of them were a commitment to a new life, yeah. walking with God. Now, in the context of John's baptism, again, there was a, a, a bit of the sh- the truth that was, you know, a bit shadowy there, that was a bit hidden there, that they didn't fully come to a reasoning of... And now that the new this this new truth has come, which is Jesus Christ being the Messiah and the acceptance mm. of Him, uh, th- of course, the Holy Spirit was working in the Old Testament, is Absolutely. working in the New Testament before Acts and whatnot. But now it was a further understanding that, oh, hey, 
again, the endowment of the Holy Spirit is this necessary thing that needs to take place now that, especially now that Jesus, Jesus has gone to heaven. He's ministering on, on our behalf in heaven. The Holy Spirit has come down upon the believers to work in their lives. Like these systems, this, this, it was outlaid much clearer to those post the incarnation of Jesus. Post. And so ultimately it's like, yes, you've made this commitment for life to John's baptism, this commitment of repentance, this commitment to walk with God. And now a fuller version of truth has come. And so now they're accepting this baptism, which was the truth to, again, as I said, the Holy Spirit up until this point had been working throughout, mm. throughout the whole. In, in fact, the Bible makes it clear, like people come to a sense of their conviction through the power, through of, the the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. That Absolutely. happens. New Testament, Old Testament, yeah. believer, the non-believer, the, the voice in your head, the conscience that says, hey, that is bad. Uh, or this, you know, th- these kinds of things that we can dull by not listening to it and whatever it may be. That is the power of the Holy Spirit working. And so what is happening here is finally they recognize, they say, yes, yes. we want to accept Jesus. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead. And so they receive this. This baptism and and then they, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as well. It was ultimately a recognizing that hey, we are taking this step. And so I actually think it's it's quite a it's quite revealing then these people, it wasn't that they were in error necessarily before, um, or they they might have been, you could say that they were weren't completely uh, they, they didn't have a full knowledge of truth, but when they had come to a fuller knowledge of truth fuller, and yeah. areas of their ignorance were highlighted, they were baptized again. Uh, and it was, hey, that we've made a commitment to this new truth, to walk in this new truth. And I love what you're saying with that, Lawson, because that is the thing. It is that, that fuller truth and understanding that, that, that is received, you know, and, and that's what I guess was happening within my life. I just went like, I'm hungry to know Jesus more and, you know, the, and, and praying for the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's something that it's not just like a once off, like you say. I love that that you say it's not just a once off, you know, a once saved, always saved kind of, um, you know, um, a belief or theory, because the thing is, we need to be praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit daily, for the outpouring yes. of the Holy Spirit daily. And that's why and when the Holy Spirit is manifest to his fullest so much more, when we actually ask for that on a daily basis. Yeah, and this baptism here was like them getting rebaptized. It was just that further recognition of something that was already true. Already true. Because that first baptism, repentance. The second baptism here, Holy Spirit. Now we receive a baptism that is both of those things combined. combined. We're baptized into Jesus. Firstly, the repentance or the grace that he offers yes. us, the repentance that we respond with and the Holy Spirit that he endows us with. And whenever I give Bible studies to people about baptism, and I've been very, very blessed and privileged to be walking with people on that journey when they make those decisions to get baptized, you know, that's that's the the thing that I communicate to them. You know, we understand the gospel. We understand yes. Jesus is died for us. We understand that we, you know, want to lay hold of him. Baptism is the recognition that I am committing to repentance. I am committing 
to letting the Holy Spirit in my life. Like, this is the new life that I'm going to live in. And it really kind of dispels myths for people that they feel like, okay, I have to get baptized. And then when I'm baptized, you know, I'm going to like walk perfectly Mm. and whatnot. It's like, no, 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 no. No, the baptism isn't about like, oh, you'll never sin again. Baptism is, I have made a commitment to live a life with Jesus. And these people, when they receive this rebaptism here they recognize the completeness of what that looks completeness. like it's to ask for the holy spirit every morning to repent of sin every day you know to be walking with christ in those pragmatic and practical steps letting him work in you you know growing and learning more about mm. him it's it's powerful and it's an amazing experience and as you said Danita, it's one that you've been through it's one that i've been through yeah. and it's one that we advocate if you are looking to walk with jesus if you're like yep this jesus thing i'm about I want to walk with him. I want to live with him. Baptism is a necessary step to say, Mm -hmm. this is my commitment to you to live a new life following you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, we've been having lots of answers to the quiz coming through today, coming in hot um, in every way. We've got one last quiz question then for today, please, Lawson. Yes, our final quiz question for today. Here it is. What book of the Bible is this from? Mm. What book of the Bible is this from? I'm going to read a verse now. Tell us where it's from. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Mm. 0491 Again, that verse was, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Where is that from? If you know where that is from, 0491-064-669. If you tell us the book of the Bible, then you will have another entry or a first entry into the draw to win our, our, our amazing like draw for this week, which is the Bible quiz book written by John Bradshaw from the It Is Written Company, and then as well the Bible Challenge card game. This is essentially enabling you to, well, have some fun with friends, crack these things open, you know, ask each other questions about the Bible and trivia and whatnot, which, as I said earlier in the show, I love trivia so much. But furthermore, to also just gain a better knowledge about the Bible. I was going to say, it just sharpens the mind, doesn't it, with the Bible in every way. Mm. Like, yeah, and and you can have loads of fun together. And, of course, John Bradshaw is an Australian living in the States, but he's actually an Australian evangelist and he's absolutely brilliant. So he actually is on the It Is Written show. Mm. Um, he's on. He features also on 3ABN, which is the Three Angels Broadcasting Network that mm. you can actually um, see on TV as well. Um, and he's just an overall great speaker so mm. yeah he's put that together that number again is 0491 have we've been unpacking about you know paul's journey to ephesus and we're just getting an overview of ephesians um ephesians mm. i love what you said at the start or just before we went um to to our last song about the fact that um you know it's that that personal conversion and that baptism is an outward expression of what's already mm. happening um, within the heart, but it's also a very clear sign of commitment. Well, it's meant to be, you know, in every way. Yeah. And when we take that seriously, um, the part of what comes with that I love with the commitment 
is the fact that the church has a really important part to play in this role. Because, you know, if you're actually on your own, you get baptised and then you just stay on your own, then it's very easy to sway in every way. But oh, here's the beauty so much so. The, the beauty of the church, and that's why Paul emphasises the unity of the church, hey, in Ephesians. So let's just go to Ephesians because, of course, on his third, um, you know, his final visit was uh, to, to, to the Ephesians, was uh, his third missionary journey was actually in AD 57. Um, and basically the letter to Ephesians, he's actually writing it around AD 62 from the prison in Rome when he's actually imprisoned. And uh, so, let's, I mean, let's have a look again at chapter 1 of who's that primary focus. And, in fact, what I want to say is I love even, again, how Paul not only introduces him as an apostle of Jesus Christ, which he does in so many um, of, of his writings, but he also then in verse 2 says, Grace to you. And peace from God, our mm. Father. Mm. You know, I think of that song. Fernando Ortega actually sings the song, Grace and Peace. Mm. I almost started singing. Oh, I can't be careful <laughs> there. <laughs> Grace and Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, because Paul actually uses that phrase so, so often. And he experienced it himself, didn't he? In a just mm. mighty way when he was just converted on the road to Damascus. Um, yeah. And, and, and of course, that Ananias then actually took him in when Ananias is like, I don't want to, you know, who is this man that you want me to take in that, you know, is persecuting Christians? But he, he experienced it himself, but then furthermore became a dispensary oh. of that and, and of that information that, you know, turning people to Christ and turning them. And especially like you see in Ephesus, the, these people who have been baptized are, are Jews, right? Yeah. They, 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 he met them in the synagogue. They have been, rec- they've received the baptism of John. Like they were yes. in Jerusalem when John was baptizing in the Jordan River. And so these people, like, would have been weighed down heavy with the burdens of Judaism, which, by the way, I, I just want to make this absolutely clear, were, were not the stipulations of the Torah. That wasn't the burdens that they had. It was so post, like, the era of Nehemiah had what was called the Nehemiah reforms. And basically you see a flip that happens in Judea and amongst the Jews and an attitude towards the rest of the world that they pretty much hadn't had in the rest of their history before Mm. they continually like, you know, had foreign Kings and married foreign women and did all these things. And it led to ultimately their idolatry and their falling away. When you come to the era of Jesus, the Nehemiah said, hey, stop doing that. And then they've taken it so far in the opposite direction that they're like completely isolationist and racist oh. and, you know, awful to other people. And they had added all these stipulations to the law. And, you know, as, as an attempt that, hey, if we protect our culture well enough, well, God will look favorably upon us and, and we will, you know, be all right. And, and we're the true seed of Abraham and we'll retain that and we'll go to heaven. Yeah, and 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 ironically, that sort of stuff can and is repeated even in oh, you know, even in Christianity, even in Christianity today. today. And I just think of when I was you know growing up as as a youngster in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and this this was my perception. Okay, mm-hmm. I can just say that that you know to some degree, I felt like you know it wasn't that mingling with anyone and everyone of all cultures mm-hmm. of all denominations, mm-hmm. um, and that there was just like you know that that 
Yeah, there's almost this degree of separation. Mm. But the beautiful thing is, is that we as Seventh Day Adventists don't do that. You know, that is not the way that we do it because very much we follow the way that Paul has said is that the message is for everyone, like it is for the Gentiles, for the the Jew, the Greek, the male, the female, for for all in every way. And that's why he actually places, particularly in Ephesians 1, it brings out the fact that everything is to be in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, centered in Christ. Yes. You know, uh, he is the absolute center. He is the primary focus of this letter mm. in every way. But even furthermore, our law keeping, our, our yeah. upholding of righteousness and morals. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, coming from the, the SDA perspective, like for us, we're like, yes, God is has told us to keep the Sabbath. God has told us to uplift the law of God. God has made it very clear um, that these things are important, particularly as we walk in the end, as we look forward to the end of times, and we know that it will be over these issues of law-keeping and worship and these kinds of things, which Satan will play, you know, make his greatest work to lead people astray. And for us, we're like, no, this is something that is necessary, but it's it's necessary the way in which it takes place is through Christ working in us. In us, absolutely. And we do it not to be saved, but That's because right. we're saved and because we love God, it's a response a response to him for what he has done. And imagine those 12 men, you know, receiving this message as devout Jews, you yes. know, devout men of God receiving a message that, hey, like, and, and but again, I just want to make this absolutely clear. They they weren't receiving a message that hey, your baptism's wrong, your religion's wrong. Da 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 da. It's hey, Christ has given us the fullest sense of what it means to be walking as a follower of God. And what does that look like? Oh, that in Him, and this is what the first chapter of Ephesians mm, is so Christ. wrapped up in. In Him, we can experience a you know the power of the Holy Spirit that enables character reform, that enables us to to actually walk as Christ walked. We're not you know bound by the you know an eternity of burdens to just hopefully and and maybe we can live up to them and and maybe we can uh, be perfect enough to achieve salvation. It's no, you can experience perfection. You can, you can experience um you know a new life, but it's in Christ and what He has done. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Danuta and Lawson, it's come time for the answers for our quiz questions to be given, Lawson. It always goes all too fast, but people are keen to get the answers. Take it away. Absolutely. Here we go. According to the second commandment, what other gods are we also allowed to have? And the answer to that one is... None. Zero. <laughs> like yeah. there are no other gods that you are allowed to have. And so that's that's the point that the commandment makes. You know, there is only one God, there's only one God that we worship. There is only what and, and in fact it's it even goes further, you know, and in the in the next commandment says like you can't make images right. of of gods above or anything above, anything on the earth, anything like no carved images and it, it's not saying there that like a like a painting is wrong or a carving is wrong, but it's like yeah. Creating things to worship, it's like, mm-mm, nah, don't do it. Okay, next question here. At what age did Jesus begin his ministry? And we know that he was, well, the Bible says in Luke 3, 23, he was about 30 years old That's when right. he began his ministry in 27 AD. And now you might be hearing that and thinking like, wait, 
27. Yeah, he's 30 and he's 27 AD. Yeah. Well, the the answer to that one is that the actual, the the date for like AD, BC AD, uh, BC AD was calculated much, 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 much later than. That's right. About four years. Yeah. Well, well, it was. Close to. It was calculated in the 1500s as to what the date was, and they realized very soon that, oh, actually, we're wrong after switching a lot of the calendars over. But And, of course, there's no year zero as well between those. That's right. But it was 4 BC when Jesus was born. What was put on the lips of Isaiah by a seraphim from the altar? A live coal. Now, I love this story so much, and I talked about it just briefly when I was telling the answer. And this comes from Isaiah chapter 6. Up until this point, Isaiah has called, you know, Isaiah has been, you know, living in Israel and he's been seeing some, some visions and being spoken to by God. And he begins to proclaim, he begins to proclaim woes mm. against the people. Mm. And like, they should have woes proclaimed against them because Absolutely. they're, they're just in an awful state. Israel and, and Judea, uh, Judah are just in an awful state, just apostatizing and not worshiping God and, well, breaking the first, the first question that we saw here, the second commandment. They have other gods. Mm. They're just doing awful things. Rebelling against God in every way. And this is where Isaiah shows up and he starts to proclaim woes against them. He says, mm. woe is you. And then, he, <laughs> and then he says, why? You know, because you're worshiping other gods, because you're not living up to the commandments. You're not living up to what God has called you to be and called you to do. All of these things. And then amazingly, this is so cool. Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah actually gets taken into heaven and he sees the heavenly sanctuary Mm. before him. He sees Mm. the work that God is doing to save people. He sees the glory of God. And it says here that a hot coal, a live coal touches his lips, which again is the answer to, um, you know, what was put on the lips of Isaiah by the seraphim. It was a, it was a coal, Mm. but he says he sees the glory of God and Isaiah, who's been proclaiming the righteousness of God and proclaiming the woes against the people, he sees that and he goes, well, actually, woe is me. That's right. He says in verse 5, the verse before, yeah. man, when the, before the cold is done, he says, woe is me, for I am undone, yeah. he yeah. says. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. He realizes like, okay, I am proclaiming the righteousness of God against people, but the righteousness of God is so much higher than, than it's bigger, it's more grand than my righteousness, powerful stuff. And I think this is the place where we need to be as well. The righteousness of God is far above us. We need to humble ourselves before God as Isaiah did. Like Isaiah was an upright right person like he was walking you know before god in the right ways you know giving the message of god and and whatnot and touching the lives of the people but he's like hey woe is me like god is perfect yeah and the beautiful thing is that this is a way of you know it's basically symbolizing the purification you know of the lips of what is being said you know what he's Mm. saying in that space so which of these things did the psalmist compare to god it was d a shield and then finally that verse the the two verses there that we had at the end they were from the book of hebrews specifically chapter 10 verse 35 and 36 and i got a text message from wayne during there you know we were talking Mm. about the laws of god we've been talking about america and debt and whatnot and Wayne wrote in, he said, all Satan's counterfeits are down here on earth, whereas all God's laws are in the, are in the sanctuary in heaven. You know, this is, this is the thing. It's, it's these principles, these foundational principles that govern our world, they are found in heaven 
you know, in God's throne, in the sanctuary. Um, and yeah, those laws are perfect and we've been called to follow them, but in the strength and the power of Christ. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, which we have come to the end of, Danuta. Yeah, always goes all way too fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey? But keep on listening to the Tassie Encounters straight after us. There's also drive time later today. Mm. Um, just all day there's Just amazing there's programming on Faith FM. Absolutely, all way. And hey, look, just a Bible verse to, to kick you off for today just um, to give you some uh, a, a great bible promise is psalms 86 verse 5 you lord are forgiving and good abounding mm. in love to all who call on you and remember to talk faith live faith act faith and you'll grow strong in jesus christ god be with you till we meet again Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.